How's it going there and welcome to episode 147 of Master My Garden Podcast. Now this week's episode is probably going to be a relatively short one, I think. Um, and it's covering the topic of the planting of garlic. And it comes from a listener's question where somebody asks, should they be planting soft neck or hard neck? And they weren't quite sure, you know, the differences between them. And to be honest with you, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about soft neck and hard neck and and people maybe are just not sure about which is which and and I suppose wh- what to plant and it's it's very very straightforward to be fair but before we get into that it has been a phenomenally strange week of weather here in Ireland um so in the last 7 days we've had our first hard frost which was you know one of the days last week it was a heavy a heavy frost heavy ground frost and it was as i say quite a heavy one and it has started to take out a lot of you know perennials my wildflower meadow native wildflower meadow is looking very shabby very quick whereas a week ago it looked spectacular and uh, then following that then we had some really warm days temperatures uh, up to sort of 15 17 degrees celsius almost t-shirt weather if you were out doing anything at all and then only last well then we had some seriously heavy rain during the week and then last night we had some i suppose crazy rain with thunder and lightning but at the same time it was really warm and uh, you know it's just been a really strange week of weather october in general has been a weather very wet month here in ireland i don't know how listeners anywhere else are, are finding it but it has been you know really wet month but with a lot of good growthy days in between. So it's a strange kind of a month. And on Sunday night, so we had a really good day weather-wise Sunday here. Um, it was one of the days where you had sort of good temperatures, quite warm, quite warm. And the ground temperatures are still quite, quite warm. But strange thing really happened on Sunday, something I've never seen before. So on Sunday, from Sunday afternoon, we got really, really heavy rain over a long period of time, over five or six hours. And I went in, I went out late that night to lock in the hens. And I noticed just on the walls of the garage first and on the house, there was a lot of earthworms starting to crawl up the walls, which I thought was unusual because I haven't seen it before. And then as I walked across the lawn, walked across across the grass, heading over to the to lock in the hens, all on top of the ground, there was earthworms and lots of them just up on uh, up on the top of the ground. And I thought that was really strange. And I don't know if anybody else has ever seen anything like that. I certainly haven't. And what I was putting it down to was the fact that the ground was very, very warm. So the earthworms were, were up quite high in the soil. And then the rain came so fast and so heavy that the, the earthworms were sort of getting for want of a better word, drowned out in the top of the ground. And they just came up for a bit of, um, what would you call it? A bit of relief from that heavy rain and, and, and wet. And I don't know if that's the case, but I've never seen it before where there's just you know, buckets of earthworms on the top of the ground. There was nothing else going on. You know, there was nothing there that would, you know, that would cause them to come up out of the ground that I'm aware of. So it was a really strange thing. And I'm just wondering if anyone else has ever noticed anything like that. As I say, I thought it was it was quite strange. 
Um, but to get back to the list, list, listener's question, so planting garlic, great time of the year to do it. Uh, Any time from sort of mid-October through to mid-November is a good time. Before you do it, I would, you know, if you're if you're using the no-dig system particularly, I would definitely be putting down some some compost on, onto those beds first. If they're very fresh beds or you have weed problems, I'd be clearing off some of the weeds or putting down cardboard and then putting your compost on top of it and planting into that. Um, in terms of soft neck and hard neck, essentially the... Then it is exactly as the name suggests. So the neck of the, the garlic is soft on one and hard on the other. And that's because on the hard neck, it produces a flower stem and that flower stem is hard and rigid. The soft neck doesn't produce that. That's mostly leaves. And then the hard neck, as I say, a center stem, which is a flower stem generally. Generally speaking, the hard neck has a lot less cloves within the bulb and the bulb itself is a lot bigger. And again, generally speaking, they're hardier. The hardneck is a hardier type of garlic. So better for areas maybe that are a little bit, a little bit colder, say, than, than the softneck. That's a little bit of a general point, but it's, you know, relatively true. The majority that you'll see, the majority of bulbs that you'll see for sale are the softneck type. And they're, they come with leaves. They're generally easier to grow. Uh, generally speaking, you get a lot more cloves in in the bulb at the end, and they're a lot better to store. Generally, they tend to have a slightly thicker skin than the hardneck varieties, and they are a little bit less hardy. And other than that, there isn't much difference between them. You know, taste wise, they're going to be similar. Some of the varieties of the of the hardneck, the really big bulbs, will have a lot milder taste, but generally they'll all have you know that garlicky taste with little variances within it. So to answer the question, which should you grow? Totally your preference. If you're in a very hardy area or an area that's a little bit cold, I would possibly be looking at the hard neck as opposed to the soft neck. But generally speaking, what you're going to see out there in the garden centers is a lot of the time will be the soft neck varieties. So either or, but um, for me, I've actually never grown the hard neck ones don't know why no particular reason other than just it was the soft neck ones that were available to me at the time and i've never had any issues with them so definitely go for either but that's the differences between them so you get better storage you get more cloves within the bulb with the soft neck but the hard neck is a little bit hardier um then in terms of the planting of garlic typically you're going to plant them sort of 20 to 25 mil, the pointy bit, the tip of the of the of the clove. So you buy your bulb, you break it up into little cloves and then you stick the cloves into the ground. And typically you're going to go down 20 to 25 mil. The tip of it is going to be 20 to 25 mil below the surface and or three quarters of an inch to one inch if you're if you're using, you know, inches as your measurement. And in terms of planting, then typically you're going to plant them in six inches apart within the row and six inches between the rows. That's a general guide. And that will give you, you know, roughly, roughly about 30 uh, cloves you'll plant per square meter. That's going to give you 30 bulbs. Now, if you're planting at that spacing, that will give you, you know, a good size bulb. Probably the bulb will get to reach, reach its maximum potential size. 
But another way of doing it, and I see I see some people do it doing it like this, is that if they're dedicating, you know, a couple of spare, square meters to it, they and you know they want a lot of garlic from that space, they will plant at a smaller or a shorter spacing. So instead of going, so they go their rows first, six inches apart of the rows, and then six inches within the rows. But then right in the center of that, they'll stagger a bulb. So if you can picture it, you'll have your first two rows, for example. You'll have your row going across the bed, all the cloves planted six inches apart. Then your next row six inches further on and all the cloves planted six inches apart. And then within that, between those two rows, you go right to the center of the square, say, and you'll center another clove the whole way across. Now, what that's given you is that you're almost doubling your amount of cloves that you can plant per square meter. What you'll what'll end up happening is that the potential for that to reach its maximum size or its max, maximal possible size will reduce. So what'll end up happening is that the bulb size will be a lot less of all of your garlic. But the overall the overall, I suppose, harvest in terms of weight per square meter will be bigger. So you'll have a lot more bulbs, they'll be a little bit smaller. But your overall output from that square meter will be will be more. So if you are if you are tight on space, that's a good way to do it. You know that you can you can actually get more garlic, more harvestable garlic from a small area. And I think that's a good way to go. I've never done that. I've always just because generally not stuck for space. I've always just planted, you know, kind of six inches apart. And yeah, I've I've always yeah, the bulb always reaches its kind of maximum size then. And as I say, I've never been stuck for space. But if you are stuck for space, that's a way of doing it. Get more out of a smaller space. So overall then you'll have you'll have more garlic to save and use at the end of the season. Um you can also, if you don't get to do it at this time of the year, you can also plant garlic in the springtime, but a little bit like onions from sets. I generally find that I have better success if I get to sow them in late October, early November. Having said that, I mentioned it already on one of the earlier episodes. My best success with onions this year haven't trialed both autumn sowing, spring sowing sets and spring sowing seed. My best success and the best onions, the best harvest and what looks to be the best storing has come from uh, onions that I've grown from seed sown in the springtime so i'm going to do more of that i'm still going to do i'm still going to do you know the the autumn planting onions because and garlic because it just gives you it gives you a head start you know you have something coming along and you will have them a bit earlier but in terms of what i'm looking for for storing and what i'm looking for you know in terms of the big bulk of onions that i want to grow definitely going to do it from seed a lot more than than from sets so it's good to use a combination and I will I will plant those at this stage as well. For any of you that has been listening to the podcast for a long time, you will mention you would have heard me mention previously that obviously this time of the year you can sow broad beans. And if you're in an area again that doesn't get waterlogged, isn't very, very cold, then you know, late October, early November again is the best time to sow broad beans. And that'll give you a very, very early crop next summer. So you'll be able to harvest from them in sort of May, June. Um, as I say, anyone who's been listening to the podcast for a long time will know that I have 
not for a long, long time grown, sown or eaten any broad beans because I don't like them. I have bought seeds. I bought them last year and I've been meaning to give it a go. As I say, it could be 20 years since I actually tasted broad beans. So maybe my tastes have changed and maybe I will actually like them now. But from memory, I don't like them. So I've never sown them in recent years. But I have seed there and I will definitely be giving it a go this November. Uh, so in the next week or two, I'll be doing that. I I suppose, yeah, it is the best time to be sown it. And it's a crop that a lot of people rave about. It's just for me personally, I, I don't have any or think I don't have any particular grow for them, but I'm going to give it a go. Um, be interesting to hear if any of the rest of you are growing them because, yeah, as I say, lots of people love them. But just for me personally, it's one that I'm not mad about. And then what else What else is going on in the garden at the moment? Uh, as I say here, a bit of frost and really, really heavy rain over the last week has sort of started to finish up the, you know, a lot of the perennial flowers. Now, dahlias are still looking quite good here. And I suppose some of that is down to the fact that for some reason they were extremely late here this year. I know they were late pretty much across the whole island of Ireland. Um, but they they were very late here, a little bit later than kind of everywhere else. And I think, you know, they haven't really got a chance to put on a full show. I'm hoping that there isn't too much more frost over the next couple of weeks and that they will get to, I suppose, reach their potential. Um, they certainly haven't got to do that yet. And I'm hoping that they will, but it's not looking likely with all the rain, wind and frost over the last week. Last year, I didn't lift my dahlias and I suppose I didn't have much success with overwintering them in the ground. Probably about 50%, maybe less than 50% of them actually made it through to this to this year, to this spring. And those ones have been better than the ones that I sowed in, in the spring just gone. But having said that, the fact that none of them have reached their full potential this year, I think I'm going to have to bite the bullet and just lift them this year. And I suppose give them a proper chance then going into next year to put on a show um, as as they can. So that's that's what I that's one of the jobs I'll be doing. Obviously, a lot of the other perennials need cutting back now. I have Achillea that's gone very, uh, very, very messy at this stage. That all needs to be cut back. In some cases, divided. I have some Rudbeckias that are really starting to take over a bed, and again, that needs to be needs to be done. So, and I have a bed, newly created bed from last year that is, how would you put it, overrun with weeds. That's the only way of putting it, really. Um, and it hasn't got enough attention this year between one reason and another, but it does still put on a great show of flowers. And there's a lot of really good plants in there. It's just, unfortunately, weeds have got on top in there and that needs to be remedied over the next few weeks, tidied up. And then the whole thing needs to be mulched down. The I will be creating some new beds uh, using no dig. And the purpose of that, obviously, well, obviously for beds, for growing a couple of things, uh, fruit, fruit beds, so no dig fruit beds, uh, no dig vegetable beds and some no dig flower beds um, for cut flowers. All of those will be included in the new course that's coming up, uh, online course, grow your own food course. Um, so that'll be, I'll be 
you know, getting into that over the next few weeks and recording it and hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be available for release before Christmas uh, and might be a nice Christmas present for people. But for me, I'll be doing No Dig Beds at, you know, in the next month or so uh, into November, towards the end of November. And what I'm doing there is the standard no dig practice of putting down cardboard, a heavy layer of cardboard, and then going with initially a heavy layer of compost on top of that, up to six inches. Then wood chip on the paths, and then that's the creating of beds for, as I say, fruit, vegetables, and cut flowers for next year. I'll be documenting all that, like, you know, that system is is well documented anyway, but as part of an overall grow your own food course, I'll be documenting that and how I do it and showing you, you know, the first steps in getting going with that. If you're already doing no dig or even if you're not doing no dig and you have flower beds, vegetable beds and you have ground that's bare at the moment, it is absolutely key at this time of the year, even though you mightn't have much growing or there mightn't be much activity, your perennials might be dying back down. It's absolutely key to feed your soil at this time of the year. So you'll be amazed how much of a difference it'll make for several reasons going into next year if you're mulch if you clean up your beds now you know get them relatively weed free cutting back anything that needs cutting back and tidying up anything that needs to be tidied up mulching it down with a heavy layer of mulch you will next year see that you'll have a lot less weeds you will definitely have less I suppose pest problems, slug problems, and your your soil will be much better for it. You will open up the soil; it'll become less prone to getting waterlogged if we get a lot of rain. But it will also improve the soil structure. It will hold moisture. Um, sort of sounds a little bit like a contradiction in a way. So in one way, it'll stop it from getting waterlogged, and on the other hand, it will actually retain moisture. The organic matter will retain moisture. That's deliverable to your plants next spring. So particularly if you're growing a lot of perennials and things like that, they're quite high de- highly demanding on water. And if you get a dry spell next year, by putting down your organic matter in the autumn, in November, December, you're actually putting in a layer, putting in a structure that will hold the water next year if we get again yet another long dry spell. So you can do a lot of work now I suppose, to prepare yourself for next year. And at this time of the year, there might be that much terrible else going on in your in your garden. And so by doing this prep work, you're setting yourself up for, for next spring. Um, we've mentioned it before about, you know, no dig on a couple of episodes. And I've been doing it and I've been doing it on all the, the vegetable beds and in the polytunnel and that. I had a little bit of it going on in the, the new perennial bed and definitely not enough of it. And as a result, I have um, you know, a big weed problem in one of them. But I'm going to get that sorted now this autumn. And then hopefully that will help for next spring. The other job that I have to do at the moment is I initially put in two beds with some trees and shrubs. And underneath that, there's ground cover with stone on top of it. And they're a bit of a mess at the moment as well. The ground cover needs to come out because what's happening is that the stones, they, you know, as leaves fall off trees and dirt blows in, underneath the stones there's a layer of material or soil 
that weed seedlings are just seeding into. So you get nothing growing through, but I get a lot of things seeding on top. And as such, then the beds that for the reason you put them in, you, the reason you put in ground cover was to try and have less maintenance. And because of the, the setup now, it's actually becoming you know, a lot of maintenance in, in those beds. So that's all coming out now and that, that that's going to all get mulched down. Uh, replanted in some cases and some of what's in it will have to come out it's gone a bit woody and old and then it'll be freshened up with a lot of new plants going into either late winter or early spring um other jobs that you can be doing at the moment i mentioned a couple of weeks ago in episode 139 about sowing perennial seeds and you can do that at this time of the year and it's still it's still a good time to stay you know to be sowing that Again, using a coal frame. If you're in a polytunnel, you have, you know, you have, you can, you can sow in there. And it's a great time of the year to get those started. Mightn't do much in terms of, you know, you'll get your germination. They mightn't do much in terms of actual growth. They mightn't get big. But when it comes to the springtime and the days start to lengthen and the heat starts to come up, you'll already have those germinated and they'll just burst out of it. And you'll have perennials ready to hit your borders, you know, come the end of the first frost in sort of May time. So it's a great time to continue sowing your perennials. The other thing that you can sow at the moment, and it's again a good time of the year to do it, if you're not in a really, really cold area, is sweet peas. So sweet pea sown at this time of the year, a little bit of a difference with sweet pea to some of the others that they don't like the root being disturbed and they do like and need quite a deep pot. So not suitable for sort of, you know, uh, plug trays or anything like that they need a deep pot a lot of people will use things like root trainers which typically are three to four inches deep or you can also use things like toilet roll holders which again will be sort of four inches deep and that's you know you need that depth so either a deep pot root trainer or toilet roll holders if you're going that sort of diy route i don't what i find with the with the toilet roll holders is that especially for sowing at this time of the year, is that they actually break down a little bit too much between now and next spring. So I don't like it for this time of the year, but if you are sowing in the springtime sweet peas or peas for that matter, uh, something like a Tyler roll holder is a very good way of doing it. This time of the year then, um, so how to sow them, very, very simply. Some people, you know, do the whole soaking them and all the rest of it. Uh, and I would soak them for a little while, you know, not long, maybe an hour, uh, and you do get better better germination by doing that. But some people have huge success by not doing anything like that, just putting them into the pots and watering them in. And because the compost is you're generally going to stay a little bit moist at this time of the year, it's not getting burnt off the same way as it might in the springtime. Generally, you'll have good success and good germination at this stage of the year anyway. However, there are certain, um, you know, certain times, types of seed, types of, you know, flower, you know, the flower type might have a little bit of a hard coat on it. So then in that case, you can, I suppose, soften them in water. So you're leaving it in a in a tepid water for an hour, two hours, three hours, something like that, just to soften it up, let it soak in a little bit of moisture, then just tamp, damp off or tamp off the, the excess moisture and then sow them directly into moist compost and you'll be successful that way. If you're finding that they have a really, really hard uh, shell on them and after you've soaked them, they still feel like they're very, very hard and rigid, 
you might need to just actually cut the outer layer a little bit. So you're just putting a little nick in it. I've never done that, never had to do that. But sometimes if you're getting a particular variety of seed, they can, you know, variety of flower, they can have a seed that is really, really hard. And you might just need to do that. I know on Gardener's World, when, when they sowed sweet pea on, on in some episode or other, they did that, put the little nick in it. Um, I've never, as I say, I've never done that, but some people will do that and you might need to, but you'll know yourself after you've soaked your seed, if they're still feeling quite hard and quite rigid, then you might need to just give them a little bit of a nick. And yeah, as I say, great time of the year to sow sweet pea. So not much else that you can be sowing at this time of the year, but autumn, autumn garlic, we've covered that there in depth, how you'll go about that. Um, same with your onions, so red onions, white onions. Just they're the, they're the only ones you'll find at the moment, but they're just generally they're the Japanese type onions um, or Japanese varieties, and they'll be available, you know, in garden centers. They're the only ones that'll be available, and that's what you can sow and plant this time of the year as sets. Broad beans, great time of the year to sow it. Hopefully, I'll give it a go this year, and I'll let you know how I get on. And uh, yeah, keeps on the perennials, and that's. Uh, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover off in this week's episode. As I say, it's slightly short, but a listener asked about the soft neck and the hard neck varieties. So covering that off, very, very simple. Um, and yeah, if you are stuck for space, don't be forget to try that one where you're putting an extra row within between your existing rows of garlic. It'll just give you way more, way more harvest per square meter if you are stuck for space. If you're not, then just stick to the standard six inch by six inch sort of spacing. Uh, on next week's episode, mentioned it a few weeks ago, we have an episode on, I suppose, saving and harvesting your existing crops. So a lot of people have either finished up or are starting to finish up their tomatoes. For me, I still have a lot of Roma tomatoes. I still have a good few of the you know eating, I call the, the Roma's cooking ones, because uh, that's what I'm using them for here personally. Uh, and then the eating ones. Good few still coming on, good few still to ripen up. They're probably f- still ripening okay. Lovely sunny day here today, so they're still ripening okay, but from now on they really will struggle. And we're going to talk about some ways of saving, freezing vegetables, canning, um, pickling, all that sort of thing. And we're covering that on next week's episode with Lexi Scott. Um, so looking forward to that one. Then I have another few really interesting ones coming up over the next few weeks. Um, one where we'll be talking about some trial work being done in Northern Ireland, particularly around LED grow lights. And yeah, as I say, lots of interesting episodes coming up over the next few weeks. And uh, lots more. I suppose the autumn time, there's, there's not a huge amount going on in the garden, but still there's lots of interesting content and tips and tricks that we can keep giving you on a weekly basis to help you in your own garden if there's anything that you struggled with this year if there's anything that going into next year you'd like you know a bit more knowledge on don't be afraid to drop me an email it's info at mastermygarden.com or on drop me a you know direct message on facebook or instagram or whatever whatever method you would like let me know what it is that you struggled with. Let let me know what it is that you'd like more information on. And I'd be sure to cover it in a future episode. But there is some very, very good ones coming up over the next few weeks. 
And uh, yeah, as I say, a little bit shorter than normal, but um, hopefully that was useful to the listener. And uh, yeah, that was this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And until the next time, happy gardening. (music) 